The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra. Welcome to The Lifestyle Show with me, Tara Lockery Grant. Each week on the programme, we're going to bring you up close and personal with some of the most dynamic groundbreakers in Irish life. People who are making great strides in fashion, food, parenting, health, fitness, travel, motors, the list goes on. Any area of Irish life that you can think of, we're going to be there at the cutting edge. On this week's show... was quite a bit of cursing in the script and I'm pretty good at cursing in real life and I don't apologise for it anymore. There was a certain word, it was something bag and I was able to say it with a straight face and get away with it and I think that's the reason I got the part. You all recognise that music and you all recognise that voice. It is indeed Clelia Murphy. She's sitting here in front of me. Although, is it Neve? Is Neve Cassidy it's in the Neve room? It's Neve Cassidy Brennan. Brennan Cassidy. Brennan Cassidy <laughs> Brennan. I don't know what she is, but she's a Cassidy Brennan. Mind you, I think she asserted herself only a couple of weeks ago that she's Cassidy. Yeah, that's that's the bit I she's heard. She's shaking off the bread. I heard that and I went, I'm listening to you, sister. Yeah. Nee, what's it like for you to hear when you heard the theme music of Fair City. Yeah, I was only thinking about this, genuinely only thinking about this the other day because I was watching it and normally because I'm watching it on a player, I'd kind of fast forward through to, you know, my own bits, right? <laughs> no, I don't. I watch it all. But like I can flick through the, and because I was watching it live, um, I don't normally get home in enough time to watch it live. Uh, I was listening to the theme tune and that was our original theme tune because they changed at one point. And they had a second theme tune and I was doing my best to remember what it was. And I, I can't couldn't. Think of it. There's a second one. But that's that was um that was when Bridgie took over, I think she changed it back to the original. So that's the original Fair City theme tune. There was an updated version and that's our updated original version. And we must talk about Bridgie de Courcy, the producer, in a yeah. couple of minutes. But one thing that, you know, always on the Lifestyle Show, what we do is we take the best content that we have on rt.e forward slash lifestyle, mm-hmm. the best interviews as well from RT News now in the Lifestyle section and across social. And we try to bring to this sort of how-tos, how to help people or interest people in areas of life that we don't get to discover that much about. Whether it is as an actress who manages not just to start a career in acting, which is tough enough, <laughs> <laughs> but to maintain, maintain it, it. Yeah. so I'm dying to talk to you about that and also you're a mum and you're juggling as a single mum working full time you did some great interviews really over the last six months and I was reading them all yeah, and having yeah. interviewed you myself and thought god it's really interesting to see that side of you so first of all how did you start in Fair City how did that journey begin well I started in Fair City okay well I started I started late actually because when I it came to doing my leaving cert and I was one of those kids that I really uh, enjoyed certain subjects and others I had no time for so when it came to having 5,000 points in my leaving cert I didn't right but what I would I loved I was good at and it came to a point the CAO was a big definer for me because I had to go god I don't want to study that and I don't want to speak Spanish. I'm, I'm looking at the points that I think I might get. And the only thing that kind of stood out to me was uh, drama and theatre studies in Trinity. So it was only in the last couple of years or the last couple of months, probably <laughs> actually the fifth and sixth years that I kind of go, oh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll give the acting bit a, a bit of a, of a challenge. You're, but I didn't get into Trinity. I was about to say, because that is a tough course to get yeah. into. I didn't, I didn't get in twice, actually. Because I repeated my leaving because that was that was that was the thing that you did in in our time. But there wasn't a kind of a so I um I applied for Trinity and they said, no, no, come back. We actually want you to audition for the acting course. And the acting course then it was only a diploma and it was beaten into us that you had to have a degree. So I said, no, I don't want to do I want 
diploma. I want, you know, I want a degree. So when I went back a second time, they kind of went, no, we said do the diploma. And I went, oh, here, I can't be waiting around. So I ended up joining Dublin New Theatre the year that I was repeating my leaving. And um, and what I had done actually before that, I'd applied to the gate to, to for um, uh, work experience, which nobody really did in those days. So it was, it was the gang in the gate said, go down to Dublin New Theatre. So I applied to DYT and I did the show with them. And, and how did you get it? Is that an e- easy get into It's process? like an audition. It's an audition to get in. And Dublin New Theatre is a fantastic, it's a fantastic kind of place of honesty where it was just, it was set up by Paddy O'Dwyer 30 years ago and Eilish. And it was supposed to be a place where kids who just loved drama could hang around together. So it wasn't a theatre, it wasn't a training school. It was just there to allow us little weirdos <laughs> have a, a kind of a way to talk and, and to understand what we were thinking and why we were doing it and, and express ourselves. And where is it? It's Gardner Street. It's Brilliant. still there. Brilliant. It's still there. And my Clarabella is a member. Your daughter I know, right. it's the weirdest thing. Anyway, she's much better than me. <laughs> but so it was 25 quid a year to join. And you were exposed to all of these fantastic professionals who taught us everything. So we, I learned on, on the hoof. So everything I know, I learned from doing it practically. So I did a show. Uh, every year they do a big show. They call it a big show. And I had a, there was three main girls in it and I was one of the girls. I played a slapper. <laughs> that was the, t- the first. And then Anne Enright uh, wrote it. Wow. And Brian Brady directed it. And Brian Brady said to me, you just, you're not very funny, Claudia, so you probably won't get what it's... I went, oh, really? I'm not funny, am I not? So I had a whole... Right, I'm going to find out me being funny. So... um yeah, Brian Brady has said to me, uh, you're not very funny, Clelia. You probably won't get this part. And I was kind of determined that I would. I remember having a whole kind of inner dialogue uh, that I would. And I was going to... Anyway, I think it was based on the fact where there was a there was quite a bit of cursing <laughs> in the script. And there was... Um, I'm pretty good at cursing in real life. Okay. And I really enjoy it. And I don't apologise for it anymore. And uh, there was a certain word uh, starting with... Uh, it was something bag anyway and I was able to say it with a straight face and get away with it and I think that's the reason I got the part. Well, as soon as you had me slightly giggling there, they I are, probably well, would have go. got it. But the reason uh, I bring that little show up is because we had, it was an invited audience. So, um, Joe Hanley, who plays Huey in Fair City, had gone to, he was an ex here. he'd gone to see the show and he said, these young ones, you should go in and have a look at the show. This, this, the talent in Dublin New Theatre at the moment, this is him telling me I'm not giving myself this grace, but... Um, on his kind of word, the producers had gone in to no. see it. So uh, this character of Neve had been, was, was bantered about and they needed a, a young one. And I was literally only there for like two episodes. How great is that? So they brought us all in, oh, in fairness to them, and they auditioned. The uh, three De- girls from that show. Yeah, Declan Neves brought us all in. And uh, um, and Neve had that touch of, of ballsiness to her if you know what I mean and she was unapologetic yeah. and I suppose she was a ahead of her time and so was the kind of character that I was playing in that show and uh, yeah so that's how I got it that is brilliant what year was that oh god <laughs> I'm I think it was 97 wow 96 or 97 unbelievable well I had Clarabella in 98 yeah. and I was there at least two years so yeah it was 96, 97 so you were in Fair City two years as a young one as a young one as a young one a young one, a young one and then you um, were loving it for two years and yeah. then you became a mom. yeah and how much time did you take off I didn't take any time off I was given 10 months off good 
But in, like you, do, you, it was a case of, um, I think one of the first people to know that I was pregnant was John Lynch, our executive producer at the time. Like before my grandparents knew, I had to kind of go in and go, I, I'm, I'm pregnant. It was, it, it's a bit like saying it to your, your mum and dad, I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> so, I to say it so like I often joke and say, yeah, my sister got a, my sister got a, she got a, a baby shower, I got grounded. <laughs> That's kind of how it was. <laughs> so yeah. Um, the problem was that Neve, the character Neve, had just had an abortion. Oh, so right. yeah, so oh a, a fair city have been tackling pretty strong, yes, brave storylines. Eighteen years, nineteen years ago, that was yeah. happening. Wow, wow. So that the character had, uh, and they handled it really well at the time. Like they handled, they they really weren't afraid of it. It was big news, there, wasn't it? Um, it was to a point, but I remember, I remember being. Uh, asked to go on to 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 you know being into to wanting to be interviewed about that particular subject and I remember going I'm not qualified just because I play a part yes. does not qual I don't feel at aged whatever age I was and pregnant to talk about I'm I, not qualified to talk about this I don't want to be a spokesperson for this because I don't understand and like here we are now 20 odd yes, years later yes and it's the, a, a huge big topic well it's what you know my attitude is what, what it's what one, one, one person it's somebody else's body yeah. I have no jurisdiction well it also has to body. be balanced I mean if you're going to talk pro-life you have to talk pro-choice there has to be a balance there and there was there yeah. was a balance if I remember correctly and I were talking about it a long time ago and as far as I'm concerned as an actor I pick up a script and I tell a story yeah yeah that was my involvement and as the as here sitting on the other side of it, where you're asking the questions, mm. many a time that will happen with an actor. You put forward for an interview, and they'll say that's not my area. I'm playing a role. I'm playing. You need a to role. talk to the writer or the producer or whoever came up with or the somebody idea. who's inf- informed. informed. Or, yeah, somebody who's informed. And, and also, at that point in time in my at my life, I didn't feel that I either was informed or I probably was, but I just didn't want to. They were your personal experience, uh, opinions a, versus Neves. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then, so, so young, what then did your family say? I mean, as I, we all know, acting is a wonderful pr- profession. It can be a very delicate one to try and make a career in. Mm. So were your parents freaked out thinking, OK, first of all, going into this area can be precarious. And also then as a young mum. Um, they weren't freaked out. I see, I come from a very kind of liberal background. My grandparents were, I well, first of all, my parents were separated. So I lived with my my mother, my sister, my uncle, and my grandparents. Right. So I came from this big, wide, extended family. Anyway, yeah. so I came from a village. That's before a, Nelson yeah. Mandela didn't he say that that it takes, it takes a, a village, village to, to raise a chi- child. to raise a child. And this is what I've often talked about since that. Um, being a single parent in this village, I suppose, I didn't just wear Clarabelle. The village wear Clarabelle. And that's no, that's, I'd love to be able to say that she's totally my responsibility. I mean, I'm her mother. <laughs> and, it, you know, it comes with, it comes with its pros and cons. Like, you have to keep asserting the fact that this, I am this mother's <laughs> child. And when I say no. This child's mother. I, yeah. Or sorry, this <laughs> child's mother. Yeah, that'll just tell you now. But, um, um, you know, that, you know. I will tell you know if I say no it means no when chances were it wasn't everybody else was kind of going I know you can help <laughs> and sneaking her off do you know yeah. what I mean like, you know so yeah yeah so it has its pros and cons I can being I can a child see. a child of the village has its pros and its cons I can see that happening mm. yeah as a mum and yes absolutely say no yeah, more no some, look when I think back no I mean my, when I told my grandparents I was, I was pregnant they were my grandmother's reaction was oh thank god Jimmy we've got somebody new to talk to oh that's just the type they are. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Where you yeah. know they've both passed now, oh, but yeah, well, no, they were. I was very lucky to have them for as long as I did. But yeah, when they, they when the two of them left, everybody in our house was affected. Ah, of course, yeah, of course they were. They, they were. would have been the the pillar and the post. Yeah, the center of the village. Oh yeah, the chief and the chief. Oh, the the elders. Yeah, yeah. the elders. The elders. Um, tell me this. So then, uh, with the career, then they supported you. They loved what you were doing. And then with this new being coming along, it was just right. Now we have Clarabelle to it love. Kind of, she made sense. Yeah, that's the best way I can describe it. I often remember thinking at the time because I, when I look back as the young one that I was before I became a parent, I wasn't particularly defined or motivated. Or um, I don't know if you if if you believe in a, a kind of a greater power or a, 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 a bigger energy, but I always had a sense with Clarabelle. First of all, the minute I got pregnant, I I just knew she was going to be a girl, which just sounds insane, but I did. I knew she was a girl. And um, I just had a, I just had this kind of clear sentence in the back of my head that this is the best thing that'll ever happen with wow. you. You're terrified, and you, you're, but just trust, just trust. This is the best thing that'll. So whoever sent it to me knew exactly what they were doing. Oh, it's lovely. But no, that's I know that sounds airy fairy and a bit kind of. Uh, I don't think so because I, you know, I've raised, I've raised, you know, in yeah. the amount of work and love that goes into raising a child. I don't think there's much airy fairy about it. So if you believed that, then it was true. I just true. Knew that was your reality. My reality of it at the time, and it wasn't, you know, I'd love to say the Clarabelle, and it, you know, this is, and I sometimes I'm kind of reserved about talking about her because she's. Her private life is her private life. she's an life. adult now. She's an yeah. adult now. And I always kept her out of the kind of, I never embraced that whole kind of, um, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I, I liked having her to me privately. Yeah. You know, because it's not just her background, it's the extended family's background. Yeah. And, you know, and um, I, I just remember thinking... Or no, I mean, I'd love to, as I said, I'd love to say that she was the best. She's the best plan I didn't make. Yeah. But my life is a bit like that. I don't know about you, but I'm, I kind of run from one kind of, I wouldn't say I'm uh, always organised. <laughs> I'd be verging on disorganised. But you get the job done. Yeah, I think that's my doggedness. My, I just refuse to give up. <laughs> I just refuse. Just keep swimming. Yeah, I Dory. am Dory. Dory. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Just keep swimming. Yeah, I love it. It'll all work out beautifully. Listen, can I recommend as well to anyone who has yet to see that film for that message alone for kids, yeah. for adults, for grannies, just granddads, keep chieftains, yeah, and uh, elders. It is that message alone is so important. My gra- my mother always had a very good. Um, lesson or sentence there were you know this kind of passed on wisdoms and the one thing that she kind of always said to us even as kids and my grandparents would have said the same thing there's nothing that life can't th- that life will throw at you that you can't handle I know even so though you, that's terrifying, terrifying I believe in it but if you can kind of just say to yourself okay I give, give me a minute and I'll figure this out if you allow yourself that minute to figure it out you'll figure it out yeah yeah and now, the, yeah, and, you'd like to think to, that'll apply to everything I was but there's always going to be something that'll throw at you that you're going to go oh here and five minutes <laughs> give me a ten yeah give me <laughs> ten minutes maybe in a half an hour but you know if you kind of say to yourself no this is this is but when it comes to Clara and I, I know I was young and I, and I and I you know if I look at Clara now and she's 18 it's just it made it was terrifying but it it wasn't that terrifying yeah does that make sense? Well, I think you were surrounded with a lot of love and support, and I think that I was. does make a big difference. I was, but I mean, you know, you've, you've as a as a parent, 
I guess my I'm sure my mother was terrified from yeah. it. But like it was okay. Well, this is and I, I was always a, a young that was pretty much together anyway. And I was never going to do anything the right way around. <laughs> do you know what I mean? The cart and the horse never necessarily had to be in that order, yeah. and it still doesn't because it do, you know people getting married when you're supposed to get married or settling down when you're going. It just never occurred to me to do anything like that. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? I don't. I don't care how old I am. Now. I saw you being interviewed one time in Mary McAllen's Saturday night. Oh show. God, that was, I hate being interviewed. Yeah, but you, were, who, who were you on with at uh, that time? Uh, another it wasn't Claudia, was it? No, um, no, no. Claudine. Um, oh, it's, anyway, God, that's terrible. Whoever it was, another it's wonderful. Not her name. An actress. Yeah. God, that's terrible. What's her name? An actress. An actress. But but whoever it was, but you, I remember you just loving your honesty. I just thought it was refreshing. I thought it was. I'm a terrible liar. I yeah, think that's, well, that's my default. Well, I just have to tell the truth. It was the <laughs> it was the us the audience's game because you were very honest and also um, a lot of, a lot of truisms. And I think uh, I think you know as an actress, I presume that's helped you a lot on your journey as you whether it's Neve or whether it's an, one of the theatre shows that you've performed in. That's probably benefited. I you. have to believe in what I'm doing or what I'm saying, and I'm, I, 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 and I think it's an instinctive thing. I, I don't think it's a technical thing, and I mean, maybe I should be more technical. But I think when it comes to breaking down a scene or when it comes to breaking down a storyline, if you can complicate acting all you like, but essentially we learn from kids how to be actors. So if I believe it, if I believe what I'm saying in that moment, the audience completely believes it. True. If I believe it, you'll see it. Yeah. So my job is to get that sentence or get that story that I might not understand when I first pick it up. But once I understand the truth in that sentence, in that moment... I believe then the audience gets it. Do you think your personal development because you know we're often told to separate biography from performance so if something's happened to an actor or an actress in real life we're told not to bring that to the stage or when we see them next time we're on the screen likewise with a very musician very hard not to do very that. hard like a musician something huge has happened in their life and not to look for that on the next album very hard but a lot of critics are told to do that and to, to, to look for that mm. do you find did you find then or can you remember back to that you came you left um, the show Go to half Clarabel mm. and came back as a young mum. And with Neve, did she change as a result of that? Did they write her differently? Do you think? Um, no, they didn't actually. I think they they Neve. I have to say, credit to where credit is due because Neve has been there. I look at Neve and I kind of I feel connected to her, but completely detached because I'm looking at her like a creation, like everybody else. Yes. And I've she I, we've walked the path together for so long for this many years, and and it's not that I take her for granted or don't. She always amazes me, and that's the talent of these writers that down through. And they haven't always been the same writers; they've been different writers or different, and different producers, pe- different producers. Mm. But if I look at the character of Neve and her trajectory, they have been so honest to her that things that have happened in storyline come from necessity and that's the best way to tell a story things have to happen like that affair with, with Michael I know had to happen it was it made complete sense I didn't see it coming yeah. it had to happen yeah. what she's doing to Paul and how her how, how she's so embarrassed by his affairs had to happen like Neve has more courage I think in her fingertip than I have in real life I was going to ask you what oh no completely yeah. like what Neve thinks she says 
Yeah. And and she says it and believes it in the moment. I'd have to go, oh my God, I have to think about this. Oh God, <laughs> what would I do this for? Oh no, really, what do you think? What do you... Whereas Neve was, no. Yes. I'd love to have her con- her kind of straightforwardness and her, her, her confidence. What do you think she would like to have that you have? Clarabelle. No. Oh. Yeah. January. I, I thought you, mean you were asking me, Clarabelle. I was no. Like, no. Oh, wow. I think she, that's what Neve. that's what's driven Neve all this time. She can't have kids. Oh. And I think that's what's, that's what's kept them. And this is where the writers have just hit her nail on yeah. head for the last, she's had, she's been defined from that maybe the moment of, let's say, not being able to have children. And, uh, for be it for whatever reason and her her journey if you like to create family right I think has been her 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 driving force and I think she's madly in love with Paul will always love Paul and there's a very fine line between love and hate absolutely and he has provided for her something that nobody she couldn't provide for herself which is her family her girls and now Callum and Ushin should probably will learn to love I think they could end up best friends. That's my kind of oh, you're going to end up best friends. But I think the thing, uh, the love hate thing with Paul is that that he has provided not and because she can provide her. She's a businesswoman. She's learned it herself. She doesn't need his money, but she he does. He needs his money. And that's why she's going to hit him. Does he need her? Um, Yeah, I think so. And she just part of her does need him. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, because she, she would have, you know, she's playing a very long game now. And I wonder how long she has to. But like the writers are doing such a great job of throwing in obstacles and you're kind of going, oh, my God, it's going. Oh, it's not. Oh, I think because I don't know. I genuinely don't. I never ask. And I uh, if I'm if, if if Bridgie knows when if I need to know something, she'll tell me. OK, because that's we've had that conversation because I don't like informing the next week's. Uh, performance so good. I never read ahead good so okay going on that tell us how it works when do the scripts come we see you guys working on set here in Orty and Donnybrook all year long early yeah. to late so how does it work what's your working week and when does the script arrives when do you come into work okay so today right we we broke last Friday we broke on the 16th and we've got two weeks off so we're back on the 2nd so normally it's 2nd January so bank nor- holiday mm. wow so normally that's a Tuesday so normally our 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 week. Oh, it's not bank holiday, but it's the fi- it's, it's the, the following day. It's the it's the day because of a day, isn't it? A lot I of people don't. are off the second. I forget yeah, why. people are coming back on the third. Yeah, I've yeah, heard that yeah. as well. Yeah, but we're back on the Tuesday because okay. our week looks like this. And on Monday we all come together and we read the four scripts. We have four episodes, so it's four scripts, and we sit down and we read them. Any rehearsals that need to be done is done then. So that's a kind of a short day. Um, and so Tuesday through Friday, we start at seven o'clock in the morning. And we could uh, go to half 11, 12, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday and Friday. On a Tuesday and a Wednesday, you'd finish usually about half six. So the second is a Monday. Sorry, I'm yes. remembering. OK. And the third oh, is the third. Tuesday. Yes. OK, yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. Well, okay. well, thank God for you is all I can say. <laughs> so I just figured it out. Hang on. I was so busy working that out. Yeah. Give me that again, the day, the length of the day. So Monday is a short day. Yes. Read through. Yes. Uh, changes are made. Um, rehearsals are done and then Tuesday to Friday we shoot so we do four days in studio inside inside yeah. oh, okay very good yeah. yeah so inside is studio and that starts at seven and we finish at half six Good. Lord. and then we have two days on what's on location what we call EFP and that starts again 
for us. Electronic field production. External I think field production. nobody yeah. knows what that means. Yeah, I think it is electronic field yeah, production. But anyway, exactly. Back from college well, days. Well, well, I tell you, there you go. <laughs> I should have gone to college. Anyway, so we start on that. Those those days, they can shoot longer, so they could start at seven and keep going till one or two. And that's Thursday and Friday. The actors. They're usually Thursday wow. and Friday. Sometimes they're. But how do the the people do that? Those hours. How do you do it? You just get on with it. That's the gig. I love going out on those long days. That's like a field trip. <laughs> That's like being in, you know, going out and down school. And just in case people think that you're all cocooned in a really warm dome, you are out in the elements. Oh, it's, yeah. It, you've never experienced, it, it co- it, it, when, you're, when you're on set, on location, because you're standing around, you'll get colder quicker. So you're better off moving. You know, that kind of way. So yeah, no, it's not, there's no glamour. If you're going to be an actor or you want glamour in your life, don't become an actor. And the, the extras, because a lot of people who watch the, the show or just have a really interest in how it all works yeah. can audition to become extras. So how does that happen? I think the extras are, um, it, I think the extras all come from movieextras.com or something. Well, they don't, it's an agency. Yeah. So I think anybody can join. You pay your fee and um, they'll go on the website and then they get sent out every week, I wow. think. And they have long days as well. They, I think yeah, they've eight-hour days anyway. I don't and think they have any longer so than excited. that. They get so excited. I've been down and set a lot of. We've uh, got the best extras in Ireland. They're our background artists. Um, yeah, they're a great bunch, and they're they're regulars as yeah. well. See, we all kind of know each and, other, and they'll be a lot more professional than let's say us, Joe Soaps, who might walk by and just wave. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's every now and then I'm tempted to wave into the camera Do myself. You get <laughs> anyone mouthing towards the camera at one stage, and you've a really good scene. Someone's just mouthing over. Hi, mom. Uh, you don't. You see, you, because it's. It's so fast and we have to do, we've, we've just essentially shoot an episode a day. Oh. So, you know, they remember, you know, Jeremy Beadle's outtakes and things like that. We don't have time to mess up. No. You know, you have to, you've got a couple of takes in the can and that's it done. Yeah. So if you're going to keep acting the maggot and you just won't last very long. But you know what, when you think of it, um, there is clearly there's about up to 500 million people watching per episode. Depends. How, what's the storyline? How I it's happening? I wish it was 500 million. Yeah, 500,000. Wouldn't that be? 500,000? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 500 million. I should have said yes. 500 million. I keep banging the microphone. I'm so 500 sorry. 500 million per episode. So it can be, you know, so it's four to 500,000. That's a lot. It's the most watched soap in Ireland. Last thing before we go, the f- future. So do you, you say, you know, life comes and what's the thing? Um, life's the thing that happens when you're busy making plans. I think, but that has been my experience with life, actually. I, you know, that when you make plans, God laughs. Yeah. Those kind of things. <laughs> I'd love to be able to say, oh, yeah, I planned that. <laughs> that was my idea. Claire Murphy was my idea. That was my plan. I totally planned that. I think that if I were to look at my life in retrospect, I think what I've been very lucky to have is in moments where I've had no confidence or moments where I doubted myself or moments where I didn't know what to do next. I've been very lucky that I've had someone behind me to kick me in the arse okay. and go, do it. And I go, <laughs> OK, yeah. And that gives me great joy then to pass that on to other people. You know, if if I see somebody having a dither, I'll go, no, go on, go on, do it. Just go on, do it. You know what I mean? I think, I think, I think... I just gave you a giddy. I have to confess. Double thumbs up there. <laughs> That's right. I can totally take that. I'm taking that and bring it home with me. But I think because confidence isn't something that's God given. Confidence and happiness isn't something that's God given. These are things that you have to kind of work on. And uh, and and I and I think so. What if and when I look back, I think I'll be thankful for the people who gave me the kick up the arse if and when I needed it.
I couldn't end it on a better note. It's been absolutely brilliant talking <laughs> to you. Know right back at you. Thank you so much for coming in. No, thank and you. And all the best for Neve and also Clelia for 2017. I'm um, right back at you. 27. Can you believe it? It's 2017, 2017 already and that is child in the house washed. Ho, ho, ho. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Happy new year. The Lifestyle Show with Tara Lockery-Grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra.